Hey, y'all, this is Diana Cherivel, and you are listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 189 of Chasing Dreams. Before we get too far, guys, here is a word from our sponsor. This episode of Chasing Dreams is sponsored by our 2019 Fundathon supporters. Fundathon is our fundraising efforts to keep this show on the air till March 2020. To do that, we need to raise $13,000 and we're on our way, but we still need your help. If you'd like to donate, please visit amyj21.com slash donate. And Dream Chasers, two things I want to remind you of, whether it's for us or another charity or cause you want to support. One, it's not the size of the donation that matters. So if you can't donate a lot, think nothing of it. Know that I appreciate the $12 donations just as much as the other donations, because I know that's your lunch money. That's your money to go see a movie or go out. So regardless of how much money you can give, your donation is important, and I thank you for your generosity. And two, please don't wait for someone else to help out. You can't control the actions of others, only your own. We can't reach the goal without your help. Again, if you'd like to support us, please visit amyj21.com slash donate. And to all those who have donated so far, thank you. Dream Chasers, I want you to meet my friend Diana. Diana Cherival is a dynamic and goofy human whose life has been a series of fortunate events. She's passionate about connecting with people, understanding global perspectives with a focus on local community and striving for the greater good. She loves to build and nurture relationships in ways that bring others' most authentic selves to the forefront. Her career spans 12 years of diverse communications and marketing experience that have taken her from Detroit to New York City to South America and back to Detroit. Diana currently serves as the Director of Client Experience at Siren PR based in Royal Oak, Michigan. She has an insatiable travel appetite, super cool family friends, and gives great hugs and has very nice hair. Now, that's just cutting the surface, guys. We have such a fun conversation. You're going to enjoy it. So check it out. Hey, Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you. You know, one of my favorite uh, things about doing these podcasts is when people recommend other people to be on the show. And you came as a recommendation. And I was like, why? He's like, because she has led such a vast, varied life with so many different experiences. And she's always done it um, for her happiness. Like she's been happy with what she has done. And, you know, in the introduction, we talk about how you have been blessed with fortunate events and things that have come about. And, you know, one thing we didn't talk about is in the introduction is what those kinds of things were. But before we get to that, let's talk about what young Diana wanted to be when she was, say, 10. As an Indian, sometimes we know, but we don't really know. Gosh, when I was 10 years old, (laughs) what I wanted to be was either an obstetrician 
or a comedian. You knew what the word <laughs> obstetrician meant? <laughs> I was a smart young little thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but to me, I wanted to deliver babies or be a comedian. And that was sort of these ethereal dreams that lived in my head without having any knowledge, any sort of real understanding of what that would take for either one of those particular uh, career paths. So young Diana had interesting, varied ambitions. High, high ambitions. High ambitions. Yeah. But so where, where did that change, though? Did reality hit you? Did And I don't even know what that means when I say that. I mean, yeah. so why did you change your mind? You know, I think as you get into high school and you start having expectations, right? And so coming from an Indian community, it's not as if my mom and dad would be like, oh, yeah, sure, honey. Why don't you go join the comedy troupe and, right. and, and go on Saturday Night Live? Like, that would be a dream to go on Saturday Night Live for me. But that is certainly not a reality. And that was never posed to me as an option for my reality. So to me, it was very much, you're going to school, you're going to find something that is a good profession (laughs) and you will go that direction. And even within that sort of parameter that was put out for me, I kind of went my own way anyway, but things just kind of change. You know, you're, you're sort of pressured into feeling and believing and thinking that one way is the right way. And you're at that point, I really felt like I was too young to, to be bold enough to make the choices that I later made in life that I knew were right for me, but you kind of just do what mom and dad tell you to do. Well, see, and it's interesting you say that, that you didn't feel like you could kind of make the decisions you wanted to make. And that's, it's an interesting uh, mindset that I've recently come into that, you know, we make decisions for ourselves and we make it with interpretations and impressions and opinions of others, including our family and those we love. Right. Mm -hmm. But is it really our decision and choice that we make when we go down a path. And so I know for me, I, I did what I thought was right with what I wanted to do, but it truly wasn't. Like I changed my my career path probably four or five times, truly. Mm-hmm. Like for you, when you went to college, what did, what did you major in? If I can ask. When I first went to college, I went in going for pharmacy. <laughs> and that was like the biggest deviation from what I could have possibly wanted. However, at that time, what I wanted to do was I wanted to go to University of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of money. And there was no way my parents were going to send me there, which when I look at it in hindsight, the fact that my parents were like, I'm going to send you to college. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself is a huge blessing. Right. But here you have me like, but I want to go to U of M. (laughs) And that was really the one way that would get me there. And so I thought, okay, I guess I'll just do that. Because the end result was me wanting to get out and go. And, um, and then I didn't really treat that well. So I, I, I spent a year at U of M, loved it, had a great time, but it's just like my heart was not into the academics of it. It wasn't because it was academics. I love learning. I'm good at it, but it was the subject. I couldn't do it. I, I hated it. I, I was forced to do it. And so I needed to, I had to pivot. So how did you feel empowered that you could pivot? Well, at that point, my parents were like, nah, girl, we're not spending money to send you there. So you're going to come home. <laughs> that that was a big decision that was made for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave, but I had to leave. And because I didn't really have the guts to be like, no, I'm going to take out loans and I'm going to do this on my own. Right. That was something that I just let myself be, be convinced to do. Um, however, coming home, I was like, all right, this is something that it's happened. And 
I can't let it stop me from doing what I want to do. And so I did some exploring and decided to major in marketing and communications. Mm -hmm. And my ultimate goal since being a kid was, you know, not just being a comedian, but what I really wanted to do was go to New York City. So that was the shiny, bright object at the end of the tunnel there that I ran towards once I got back home. You know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, you decided and took the reins. Yeah. Whether there was a a, a specific moment that made you decide that or not, e- even looking back, you know, trying to figure out why I did what I did when I did, you know, but that you chose marketing communications to get to New York and you get there. Mm-hmm. You get there. Um, but you also have some adventures, if you will. Right. Um, so how did you get to New York? Well, that was the one objective I had mm-hmm. after I started back up my second year of college and finished all the way through. And in my head, I was like, that's it. I'm going like, I got to get out of here. So honestly, what I did was I powered through. I was taking full loads every single semester, spring, summer, winter, fall, whatever. And ultimately, I got an internship at a company in downtown Detroit. And they, uh, they I don't know if I'm supposed to say company names or anything like yep. that, but. As long as it's okay with you. Yeah. Uh, it was Crane Communications and I worked on the corporate side mm-hmm. and um, it was a weird time because there were a lot of, there was a lot of transition happening within my department. So people were leaving and coming and going. And I, as an intern, were just kind of hanging out there. And one of the things our department was responsible for was hosting meetings with people in New York. So it sort of shook out to the point where as an intern, I was putting this whole thing together on my own was what it felt like um, a lot of the logistics. So I knew who was going to be there from New York city. I knew what publications were there. I knew who was going to be the publisher, editor, sales directors. Wow. And, and, and that was kind of my ticket in. I decided, you know, this is it. I'm going to be hosting these people mm-hmm. and they're going to come to me for information and I'm going to grab the reins and go. So at um, at this event, as it finally happened, we had happy hour and we were at some bar and the the man who ended up being um, who ends up being a mentor to me now he he was there he's the editor of, he was the editor at that time of the newspaper that I worked at would work at mm-hmm. and um, he knew I wanted to go I struck up a conversation we started talking we were playing pool we were having some drinks and he he listened and at the end I kind of made my case and. He knew I really wanted to get there. And the next morning, it's like seven o'clock in the morning. And he comes up to me and I'm sitting here thinking, yay, this is it. Like, he's going to remember and it's going to be awesome. And uh, he comes up and he's like, what's your name again? <laughs> and oh, that had to have been. For a hot second. And then he told me he was joking. And I was oh, like, okay. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, I was about to be super sad, but he, <laughs> he did remember. And he was, he was just being funny about it. He has a good sense of humor. Yeah, he does. And yeah, it kind of just snowballed from there, to be honest with you. Um, It just happened. And I couldn't believe that it happened so easily, you know? I I just want to pause for a second, because I I hope you realize what you did was you shoot your, you shoot your shot. You you really, (laughs) you really took a chance and, you know, made a connection and you didn't really know, you hoped Right. But there was no guarantee this could work out the way you would want hope. But you took a chance. And well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I, and I hope you're for the listeners who are hearing this, you know, you take a chance, you take you shoot your shot, see yeah. what happens. And it worked out. 
Yeah. Oh my God. I remember getting the phone call and three weeks later after this happened, I was gone. <laughs> three weeks later after having this conversation, I moved and I couldn't freaking believe it. I got the call in my office and I was crying and it just, it was dreams becoming reality. And yeah. And, awesome. and this, I don't want to, I don't want, you all don't diminish this and Diana's kind of pushing it down, but it's a huge thing. <laughs> it's a thing that we don't always do. Like we don't realize you can, you don't have to go by standard means of applying to a job and getting there. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's the connections you make that are the most powerful. Oh, I'm a big believer in your connections and the people that you have. Mm -hmm. It's, it's never about what you know. It's all about who you know. And right. if you have the ability, and I'm not saying I even was so great at it back then, and I think I'm better at it now, but nurturing relationships and creating strong relationships is really what's going to help you get to where you're going. And those, when you're backed up by people who believe in you and who buy into what you're trying to do, that just propels you so far. And it's a real, it's a real asset to have. It's to have people in your corner like that. So, and, and, you get to New York. Is it what you wanted it to be? Oh my God, New York. I spent about nine years in New York mm -hmm. and uh, it was everything I wanted it to be. Nothing I expected it to be everything I needed it to be. And, and then everything in between, <laughs> you know, I, I pretty much spent my entire twenties. Well, the majority of my twenties out there and you know, that's a real formative time. You're trying to yeah. figure out who you are and what your purpose is. And am I here just for the sake of partying or having a good time or getting away from my, my family or my friends, right. which is not something that was a huge motivator, but I just knew I needed to get out. I needed to be on my own. And yeah, it was a wild, wild time. I took me a while to find my place mm -hmm. a couple of years to really figure out what, what person I was meant to be out there. Um, but once I found the entryway to that path, things really started to move and I was able to um, start creating a community. And that's a big thing for me, really having community out there and wherever I am, people who are good relationships, who, who, who support you and who love you. And, and that was, it took a couple years, but got there. <laughs> well, and, and that's, I think a huge thing. It's smart of you. To create that community, especially when you're in a new area, it's hard to do things by yourself and, and acknowledging that you don't have to in creating a community. I mean, did you see as New York being the permanent, I mean, in your 20s, you're talking about how that's a formative years. That's also the years where you think, all right, now I'm kind of settling. This is it. Did you kind of have that sense with New York that that was going to be the end all be all? No, I never did, but I never had another plan. <laughs> that was the thing. Okay. I I decided I wanted to be there and then I got there and then there was no exit strategy whatsoever. It wasn't like a, okay, in two years, I'm going to come back home. And you know, one year goes, two years go, three years go. And then all of a sudden it was nine years. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I've been here almost a decade. Right. And I think what made it easier because New York is a very transient city. A lot of people come and go, a lot of your friends will come and go and they're just sort of there for the moment. Mm -hmm. And what was unique about my situation or my community was that all of the friends I ended up making, all of us were there for what we thought was probably a short amount of time, but then all of us ended up staying way longer than any of us anticipated. Mm -hmm. And so it just sort of happened that we were following a similar life path together. And when you've got a good community, it's kind of hard to walk away from that. And 
I mean, I eventually did walk away from New York. I had, I had reason to do so, but um, it was, it was, yeah, it was really easy to just be there. I couldn't think of anywhere else to go. You know, my life was there. My community was there. My network was there. I flourished with what was available in terms of culture and diversity. And it, it was hard for me to imagine coming back home. And you were doing, you were doing marketing communications. You were using the thing that you studied for, you know, worked yeah. for. Mm-hmm. What would you say New York taught you in your nine years? Gosh. Or one There's, thing. I, I'm sure it's taught you many things. On a professional or a personal level or anything. Let's do both. Okay. Professional. I think, I think it, a good thing to learn is that it never has to be that way. And it never has to be what you think it is. And one of, you know, what I ended up doing in my career in New York was I worked my way up from an intern to, which was in Detroit, Mm -hmm. got into a publication in New York and then started off as an editorial assistant and then worked my way up within the marketing department and eventually ran the marketing department, Mm -hmm. which was really cool. And I was, I was fostered. I was nurtured to, to be able to do that. It was awesome. But it was also very comfortable. And so for me, I was like, well, I guess this is just the path, you know? Right. There were a lot of times over the years where I was like, maybe I should look for something else and get out of here and shake it up a little bit. And I actually never did. And when I look back at the choices that I made afterwards, Mm -hmm. the lesson to me was it doesn't ever have to just be that way. Like you can make a difference. Like you can change things up and you don't have to be afraid. Things are going to work out the way they need to work out. And it's a lesson I wish I had learned there because who knows how that would have affected my trajectory moving forward. But I do believe things happen the way they're supposed to happen. And I got a lot out of that job. I put a lot into it. And yeah, and I'm, I'm better off for the experience. And, and, you know, I love that you're aware of that, right? I mean, sometimes we, there are people who regret the things they did or wish they had known what they'd known before. They would have changed things differently. But I'm with you. I think things happen for a reason in the time that they happen. Yeah. You know, sometimes we have to learn the we're here to figure out something. Mm-hmm. Let's figure it out and then move to the next yeah. course in our life, if yeah. you will. Right. Whatever yeah. it is. And I don't know the timing of it, but you also ended up in Columbia. Mm-hmm. I sure did. Teaching English. Can you set the stage for us as to when that happened, why yeah. that happened? And, huh? <laughs> right, 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 right. So I'm sitting here telling you how much I love New York and blah, blah, right? blah. And I spent many years there. That's, that is what I wanted to do. But towards the end of my time there, I was tired and I was stagnant. And my career was the same. I had plateaued with the job that I had. And while that was absolutely a means to an end, it was just a means to an end. Mm. And that wasn't enough. Right. And, the life that I had created, all the community that I had, it really felt like things were just moving for a lot of other people around me. Mm. And it's hard to get out of that headspace of like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like my life right. is not moving in the way that, you know, quote unquote, it should be moving. And that in and of itself is an issue of, of defining what I'm supposed to be doing based on somebody else. Um, and so you know, I had to eventually address that. But yeah, it was it was a really rough period there for the last probably, let's call it six months. 
when I knew change had to happen, I was really unhappy with my job. I really wasn't feeling satisfied mm-hmm. with what New York is good for. You know, <clears throat> I, I, what I wanted to do is just like come home and sit on my couch. And that was my safe space because right. I was burnt out. And it got to that point. Yeah, it did. And, and, you know, my nature is to be actually very positive. I'm a very positive, lighthearted person. And it got to a point where I was just, I was not in a good headspace. I was thinking darker thoughts than normal. And, and I just, I didn't really care to connect. You and, felt out of it, right? Yeah, it's so abnormal for me. So I, I knew something was off. I knew I needed to do something, but I was paralyzed with this fear of like, but, 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 but where will I go? What will I do? Sure. What will I, you know, am I, can I do anything? Do I have the skill set for it? Do I have the guts to do it? I don't even know. I, there's a million questions I had and I didn't know how to answer them. So setting the stage, I, um, I'm in this phase and I end up having conversation with my dad and, you know, being the pragmatic very wise man that he is he could hear he's like what's wrong with you I was like I don't know it's funny how parents know before us right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he was like well tell me what's going on like what's going on with you and I said I don't know I just tired of my job tired of my friends tired of my butt. you know just complaining and just being mopey about it but not doing anything about it and he was like Diana <laughs> listen to yourself if you don't want to work at this job, quit. If you want to get a new job, find a new job. If you don't want to live in there in that apartment, get a new apartment. If you want to leave New York, leave New York. He's <laughs> like, this that's, is not that, that hard. Tough, parent tough love. I know. It and totally was. It was so funny because the way he said it is how it resonated with me. He was just super like matter of fact. He's like, girl, if you want to change your life, change your damn life. Sorry. <laughs> but it was almost like a duh what is wrong with you yeah and you know what he said to me he said and uh he said it in malayalam too so you'll when you picture it in your head you, it'll be funnier but he basically told me he was like diana have some courage grow a pair and go get your life <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you can imagine so my dad is saying this to me in malayalam or indian language and i am dying laughing because it's just it sounds so funny and I'm like did you just tell me to grow a pair (laughs) it's like yes go do it if you want to change your life you can do it and I was like yeah okay (laughs) so parents will surprise you and it was a big surprise absolutely so I wrote it down on a sticky note and I taped it to my bathroom mirror in English or Malayalam (laughs) (laughs) but i wrote it down and and it it says uh have courage you know be courageous and um and that was it so i looked at it every day for like two weeks i was like what are you gonna do 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 and and i started to um try and identify where i found joy and that i think was the thing lacking for me it's a good place to, to to look yeah and um i ended up deciding because I think passion is a really difficult word to try and run towards because I think they're so it's so heavy you know I think a lot of people get hung up with like but I don't know what my passion is there's a lot of stress associated with it yeah yeah so to me I was like all right where do I find joy and where I know I get joy from is traveling Mm -hmm. and serving and that to me was a very clear answer of you know, I like to use my hands. I feel like my purpose is greater than me and I want to be able to do something good. 
And I would love to continue seeing the role. Travel is a big part of who I am. <clears throat> so I started doing some research. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll just like take a couple months off and go travel for something. I don't know, go somewhere. Find yourself, but, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Have some kind of experience like that. Um, but I ended up finding a program called, um, well, through a, an organization called Green Heart Travel. And it ended up being like the perfect combination at the perfect time for what I was looking mm-hmm. for. There have been so many things that I've put on the back burner growing up in like within my adulthood. You know, I had always wanted to learn Spanish. I'd always wanted to live abroad. I'd always dabbled with the idea of being an educator of some sort. And like, how do I do that? But I always stopped myself. Oh, you're too old. You're too old. You're too old. Like, you can't do it. Why would you? What are you going to go back to school for 10 years later? It's too late, right? Your head's always too late. You, You missed it. Yeah. And, and I felt that for years. And then fast forward years later, and I'm like, nah, malfunction. I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I found this program and it addressed all those things that I had put on the back burner. Uh-huh. And I felt like, honestly, I felt like God was like, here you go. Here's a little present for you. I've been Your waiting time. for you. I've been waiting yeah. for you. I feel, you know, I, I just felt so strongly that that was the right path for me. And mm-hmm. And it was easy from there. I saw it and like, it didn't require a teaching certificate or a TEFL certification, which I didn't and I don't have. And I didn't need to know Spanish. Right. I, I had plenty of qualifications otherwise that, that made me a good fit for the program. And I applied, put all my heart and soul into the process. And it was so easy for me to do that, which in and of itself was a mark of this is the right thing because... And I, I really do believe in like gut feelings and, and like when things are easier, you know, you can it feels right. Yeah. It feels right. It's like the doors are opening for you. It's like, Oh, Hey, here's the red carpet door one. Oh, no, yeah. not an obstacle. Okay. Door yeah. Two. Right. That's and that's awesome. what it felt like. There was no obstacle whatsoever. And, you know, the thing that I was afraid of was coming back to my family and, and telling them that surprise, I'm going to go move to South America. And, um, and that was a tough conversation to have before it happened because I was I was just afraid. I was going to say, how scared were you to have this conversation? <laughs> I mean, given despite the fact that your dad said grow a pair, right? Yeah. And he said, hey, figure it out. I probably would have been freaked out. So I booked a ticket home, and I at this point, when, by the time I was coming home, it was always for something. Mm-hmm. It was a baby shower, a bridal shower, a birthday party, an event, Christmas. You're Indian. I get it. So. This time I just booked a ticket and I was like, I'm coming home. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, Funny side question. Did they think you were about to drop a boy on them? They thought I was either like pregnant or (laughs) (laughs) something where I needed to tell them in person. That was horrible. Oh my gosh. It's funny to hear the story now from, or at that time from like my mom's perspective, because I came home, no agenda. Right, right. my mom, after I told her I was coming home, she was talking to my sister. And she's like, what's wrong with her? You know, you know, you know. You know. And my did, sister, did she know? My sister knew. Okay. <laughs> but she's not going to tell my secrets, you right, know? Right, no. Yeah. So I get home and finally work up the, the guts to just say it and, and let it out. And... Um, and it was just so funny. My mom was like, I knew you had something to tell us. <laughs> she, you know, she's, she's grateful that I wasn't just coming home. Right, with right. Unwed baby, you know, I'm, I'm sure that was really the driving force behind her fear. But, um, 
yeah, it was obviously very different than that. And it ended up being so easy. It really was. I, and that, and you, you know, you're talking about the path and the doors just continuing to open for right. you. Like that to me, I was like, that's it. Like, nothing else <laughs> right you're not, you're not gonna be like what's wrong with you why don't you have a husband and go settle down well, and was the conversation over and you're about to walk out you're like wait that that's it though? you sure <laughs> yeah. you sure no, nothing else okay I'm, yeah I'm sure it was so funny but it was so affirming mm-hmm. you know my parents were basically like all right if you're gonna do this do it well and I was like cool <laughs> okay I guess that's what I'm doing then you know sometimes we just don't give our parents the credit they deserve yeah at the same time parents y'all don't make it easy for us okay so <laughs> yeah you know, i'm glad you say that right too. just be fair there was a healthy amount of fear that was there and at that time i was 30 i was about to be 32 years old and so you were like what are my mom and dad gonna say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah but it ended up being totally so easy and so encouraging and so affirming and it really just helped blaze the path in front of me because what i needed was encouragement and I was at a point in my life where I was just tired and I needed to feel loved. And that was, I was getting it. And it was, it was just totally what I was meant to be doing at that time. And I really, really felt clear about it. So, yeah. So how long were you there and how amazing was it? Oh my gosh. I was in Colombia for a year and I spent an additional three months traveling through South America afterwards. Good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was and remains the best year of my life. I, I cannot even tell you. I I feel so blessed to have experienced something like this and so grateful that I was able to just walk away from the life that I had mm-hmm. and feel like it was safe to do that. You and, know, it, and you went by yourself. Yeah, I went by myself. I didn't know anybody. I didn't teach. <laughs> you know, I was never a teacher beforehand. So I didn't have prior knowledge of that profession and the expectations that go along with it. I didn't speak Spanish. Um, I just was sort of like, goodbye world. <laughs> I'm going to South America. And you did it. And I did it. And you know what? I I was thriving down there. I loved it. I had such a wonderful experience. It was the antithesis in terms of community by way of people, right? Like right. Of New York City. Sure. It's crazy busy and crowded. And there's definitely a time and a place for that. And I enjoy that yeah. sometimes. But this was like, I was in a sleepy little town and there's a bunch of old people. It's, <laughs> it's polar opposites. Exactly. And it was everything my soul needed. Sure. And I was connected with a bunch of people who foundationally had something so in common with each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was our love of travel. It was a, our love of connecting with people. And there was between some of us an 11, 12 year difference in age, mm-hmm. but there was never a time where I felt like that was a weird thing. You know, there was, it was just so natural. That's, it's fantastic that you gave yourself this opportunity that you opened your heart mm-hmm. to this new possibilities. And then to come back rejuvenated, revitalized. It sounds like that. Don't let me put words in your mouth if you weren't. But it sounds like you came back essentially a a new person, but more of a evolved person. Yeah, I would absolutely say that. Um, Evolved is the best way to say that because I am who I am. My essence is still there, but I definitely have an appreciation for simpler things. And, And I do approach life with a more simple mentality. 
Well, it's like you said, right? There's a time and place for everything. New York City had its phase in your life, right? And then Columbia sounds like it was such an important phase as well. It was critical. I think it is it is an extremely important phase of my life because I I was able to know that I've got more than I think I have. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm capable of more than I think I'm capable of. And being kind of stuck in a rut, which is what I was in in New York, it was it's hard to imagine that you've got anything else to give, yeah. you know, that you're, oh God, this is it, you know, maybe I'm not smart anymore. Maybe I'm not capable <laughs> I'm not worthy anymore. You know, there's or a lot. Maybe of- this is it. And maybe that's it. And um, I, I, having had the encouragement that I did to, to do differently and to get out of it and put to me in such a simple manner was exactly the kick that I needed. Cause mm-hmm. like, yeah, it doesn't ever have to be this complicated. It doesn't. And I, I really felt that Columbia was, it just happened so easily and so simply and it, it changed me. It has changed me and will continue to change me as I evolve in my career and my personal relationships. And, you know, there's just a real appreciation for the things that matter, that really, really matter. You know, it's not about status. It's not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about those types of things that many people get caught up in, especially when you're a young professional. I definitely want to continue within my career and making sure that I'm using my skills to the best of my ability. But there is something so valuable about being kind of stripped down to the bare bones and knowing what you stand on. Well, yeah. just to kind of touch on what you did, because you taught English. Someone mm-hmm. with someone who was a director of marketing communication, someone who had a degree, who had a background teaching English. When you go and talk to other people now, right, mm-hmm. and you talk about these vast careers, to be honest, how, how many people are more interested in your experience in Colombia? Oh, all of them. Right? <laughs> Everybody wants to know about Colombia. People yeah. are intrigued by the New York factor, but when they learn I've been in Colombia, they're like, whoa, how did you do that? Yeah. It's really fascinating to hear. It's, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, because I think it gives you a new perspective. I mean, the fact that you were, you were afraid, but you weren't afraid when yeah. you did it. Right? Yeah. And that... Because I think, I, honestly, and one of the things we talked about beforehand is you were talking about how yours is a, a regular story, a simple story. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's fair to say it's not. Because, <laughs> because what you did was kind of go against the grain. So the societal grain, right? Yeah. You had a good profession. You had a good career. You had a great... I, I, no one could blame you for being in New York, right? That already puts you at the top for a lot of people, Right. Yeah. The only thing you probably heard a lot about was, why aren't you married? You know, that's probably one thing. But mm-hmm. then to pivot when you have those things already set up and what people will say you're missing, whatever, you know, and pivot to you're doing what you're mm-hmm. giving what up, what kind of salary, what kind of life you had. Yeah. Right. So before you left, did people think you were crazy for doing this? Oh, you know, a lot of people thought I was crazy, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of people who didn't know my heart. Mm-hmm. And that was the difference for me because the people who did know me, right. once they found out, their reaction was never, oh my God, are you crazy? It was, oh my God, that's perfect. And I can't believe this is happening because this is exactly what you need. And, and you know, just to continue saying it, it just reaffirmed, 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 this is the right choice. And 
<laughs> there was definitely people who didn't understand it. And a lot of that ended up being the people who had never really left home or had never really traveled or had never really done anything outside of a path that seemed very straightforward and quote unquote, like normal, like what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Those are the people who had the most difficult time understanding why I was doing what I was doing. But, you know, I was grateful for the friends that I had and have who, and the family that I haven't had who really supported that. And, um, I mean, to me, my biggest regret is just not doing it sooner. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the thing that's interesting to me is those people who the naysayers, let's call them naysayers. Yeah. Those naysayers probably after the fact are probably have a different opinion. I would hope so, because, yeah. you know, a lot of people, they're just like, oh, my God, Diana's just messing around. Well, she doesn't want to she doesn't want to settle down. She doesn't want to come home. She doesn't want to do this or that or whatever, whatever they think I'm supposed to be doing based on their expectations. And I, I really just had zero interest in that narrative. I really did. And and so, you know, I was able to, you know, I really felt compelled to continue carrying on because to me, this was my path. Like, I feel like God put it forth for mm-hmm. me and. And to me, that's just indisputable. Mm-hmm. I really just had no care for anybody else, any of the naysayers, because I was like, this is right. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to follow it. And two things I want to I want to make sure we're clear on here. One, the fact that you didn't allow the opinion of others to stop you from chasing that dream. Mm-hmm. Very powerful and something very hard to do, guys, honestly, because um, probably innately, we allow the opinion of others to prevent us from doing it sooner, right? Yeah. But yeah. two, how empowered you were to take hold of your own life. You did it You did it when you went to New York, and you did it when you went to Columbia, and you did it when you took the next step in your life. It just sounds like now you feel comfortable doing what you want. Yeah, I feel more comfortable... In all areas, because like I've, I've sort of stretched myself in ways that I needed to, to accommodate, I don't know, I feel like I needed to create space in my heart and my mind for all that life has to offer. And I was, yeah, I was in New York, which is different, but like, it was also the same because I did the same thing for nine years and, you know, I had good community, whatever, like all the good stuff was there, but at the end of it all, it was the same. It was routine. And and I, and I hadn't challenged myself and, and I was losing the, I was losing sight of the fact that I am a really dynamic person, that I'm a resilient person, that I'm a strong person. And I needed to get to a place where I was just stripped of that and yeah. broken from that, but built back up and allowing sure. myself to build back up. And that is where a lot of that transformative change happened within that Columbia experience and traveling otherwise, and just kind of really owning me. Mm-hmm. And it was, I say this sometimes, but I mean it in a really great way. It was probably the most selfish time of my life. And, and I needed that so much. <laughs> I really That's did. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I, my baseline is to be a giver and, and this is for me, I needed to give to myself and I will never regret that at all. It was such an incredible experience. And, you know, coming back from all of that, it has, helped me to make decisions Mm -hmm. based within a framework that is more meaningful. And I want to make more meaningful decisions. I want to do more meaningful work and I want to be a part of more meaningful missions and causes because 
that is where my heart is aligned with. And that can take on the shape of in many different ways, but that is something that I'm so much more clear on than I was before. I I need to be a part of something that's bigger than me. So two quick questions before I let you go. One, are you happy now with where you are? Yeah, I am. Mm. I feel that I'm in a season of absolute growth and stretching. And and I think, oh my God, it's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and I know that I'm supposed to be here. All Mm. my experiences have brought me to this point because I am capable Mm -hmm. and, and I'm smart. And sometimes it doesn't feel like I am, but all my experiences up to this point yeah. are, will prove my own doubt. There you go. <laughs> Otherwise, and so I feel good and I feel stretched and I feel exhausted and I feel happy and I feel stoked because I think that the best really is yet to come. Last question. What would you tell someone who is trying to figure out what they want to do in life, who's struggling, kind of like you were? Mm-hmm. Honestly, the biggest thing that I can say is that it is never too late. Mm-hmm. I think people really get caught up on, I'm too old. I'm too broke. I, this, I'm just used to this. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. And there is just so much benefit in, in taking a leap because you just don't know what will happen. And, you know, hopefully you're lucky enough that if you did and you felt you would still land on something that was safe, right? Like if you're your family or your whatever it is, right. but that is something that I would encourage everybody to really just kind of go. And if you fail, you fail, but fail forward, right? Like look for the opportunity that lies within that failure. And, right. but very likely you're not going to fail. <laughs> and the moment you get outside of that comfort zone, the opportunities that will come about for you, I think will blow your mind and that it, it will shape your life. It will change you forever. It'll change your heart. It'll change your mind. It'll change your career, your personal, your relational trajectories. And it's all about just taking one chance. It's not ever, ever, ever too late. Diana, thank you so much for sharing your story, your honesty, and just your vulnerability of, of what you went through. It means a lot. And I think it is something that a lot of people can relate to and probably have gone through themselves. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And there you have it, Dream Chasers. That was Diana Charvel. Isn't she an awesome individual? She is living life the best way and the way we all should to the fullest. All right, Dream Chasers, if you want to learn more about Diana or find all the links we mentioned on the show notes page, please visit amyj21.com slash episode 189. That's episode 189. Until next time, Dream Chasers, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's aimeej one Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.